0: Welcome to North Beats from North Beach. I'm your host, Cory Luna, with Justin Mank. Justin has worked over the many years as a music promoter and various other jobs in the music industry. And we get to discuss his projects, Clinic Flow, Not Waving, But Drowning, and his solo project, Two Hands, One Engine. Justin, let's let me say uh, thanks for doing this interview for North Beats. Uh, I'm just doing a little podcast just for fun. Um, so far, as far as I know, it's still pretty small. Mostly, it's my friends listening here in San Francisco in the Bay Area, but um, hoping that I can, you know, put help out other musicians and help them promote their work out there. So, give me a little background on the music you've done over over the years and where he and how that has brought you to uh, the current project of two hand one engine
1: sure um well it goes back pretty far i um started playing guitar when i was uh like about 13 years old and i didn't really start doing bands until um probably around like 96 or so um so like in my you know 16 17 years around that so um i was just doing like noisy like punk garage kind of uh stuff with some friends at the time we did that for a couple years it was my first band hereafter which is a horrible band but that's expected with (laughs) first first band names um and then i started doing not waving but drowning um which is more of a kind of like a, a noisy hardcore band um in like 98 so i did that from like 98 to 2002 um so that's, I mean, my early beginnings were as really mainly kind of more just straightforward, like, guitar kind of stuff. That's what really got me interested in music in the first place. Um, you know, hearing stuff on college radio stations like Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Rage Against <laughs> the Machine, like all the popular stuff back then that, uh, you know, at that age, that's what really kind of reeled me in. Um, but as I got older... Um, and Not Waving broke up. I kind of started to venture on to more kind of atmospheric type music, um, you know, and some indie rock stuff and, and uh, things over the years. My my taste in music definitely kind of uh, got away from the metal, punk rock stuff. So um, I still play with Not Waving. We kind of do it as a, you know, for us to hang out. Basically, <laughs> it's it's not. It's always good yeah yeah it's like we still do it but it's not um not as often as i mean we used to tour all the time back then but we don't we don't do any of that anymore we just kind of get together do a show or two a year and try to write some stuff and basically it's an excuse for the four of us to hang out
0: (laughs) that's cool man yeah i got a buddy of mine like that near uh the uh, county or two over he and i did a band years ago and we still meet up once in a while but we're, we're we're trying to put a little something together but you know it is
1: yeah definitely yeah, it's it's uh, hard to make time, but uh, it's something that that I love enough. We we do our best to to find time for it. So even if it's not that much,
0: definitely. And from so now if you've so you've uh, from say like the aughts up, you were doing uh, not waving but drowning. Yeah. Is that part of that? Okay. Oh, I'm and,
1: sorry. What what yeah. was the question about
0: that? We're. Uh, your project, uh, not waving but drowning, was that a, a, a band that you were playing in in the in the early aughts?
1: Yeah, we. Um, that was the band that I was doing from like 1998 to 2002, and then we've had a pretty large gap. We did like a few shows here and there over the years, but we've just recently kind of uh, gotten back together to, you know, to fool around for a bit. So. Um, but yeah, that was, that was the main band that I, that I did and did all of our touring with, um, you know, that was like 20 years ago.
0: Wow. That's a lot of fun, man. Um, and, and, uh, did you, and when did, uh, Flow Clinic start to happen?
1: Uh, Flow Clinic actually is all the guys from Not Waving, uh, minus our singer Todd. So, um, we always felt that we had a lot of chemistry um you know as as the three of us and with Todd but like even just to doing instrumental stuff um we saw an opportunity We're like well you know we love you know playing together so why don't we just try doing something like improvisational and we just kind of uh, come up with stuff on stage and and uh, we now that we've gotten older we've we've tried to um have a few parts here and there that's kind of, you know, already written. We'll just say, we'll branch off of those. So there's a little bit more structure to it, but really it was something we started doing um, towards, uh, it was after we, I think, now waving had already broken up. So we, we did like a couple of reunion shows and the idea was like, well, let's do a Flow Clinic show like the night before or something like that. So Flow Clinic did like probably Two or three shows, like in the early two thousands, and then we didn't play again for like I don't know, like eight years, <laughs> eight or ten <laughs> years, and then we started playing back up again uh, once um, our bass player Jeff moved back from LA because he lived out in LA uh, for about ten years.
0: Oh wow! Now is this? I honestly I haven't l- listened to it too much, but uh, what's more? What's the uh, the the instruments you guys were using for Flow Clinic.
1: Um, starting off, it was just like the basic setup that we did in Not waving, like um, our you know we've got a drummer, uh, bass player, and then I'd play guitar. So we uh, we didn't really get too experimental with instruments when we first started out. Um, but as we've um, gotten back together and started doing things more recently, I've added the addition of doing. I bring my four track out and we'll do like tape loops or some other pre-recorded stuff um and kind of do some sound manipulation um uh, in between songs or sometimes if i'm if i'm actually manipulating it live like i'll go ahead and do it like in between songs or um, we'll do loops while we're playing and stuff like that so but um I think we've talked about maybe throwing in some keyboards and stuff like that. Um, but right now the the tape loops are mainly like, uh, like my Korg Volca keys or my, I've got a Casio SK-1 that I've had since I was, <laughs> I don't know, probably 10 years old or something. <laughs> and so I'll, I'll just do, uh, pre-record some loops using that kind of stuff and we use that live now. But eventually I hope to start using um, some keyboards, and we've also also thrown the idea of out of like just doing like random shows where I don't play guitar at all. I just do keyboards or you know tape loops or whatever. So, and I know our bass player's recently picked up some of the Chord Volca series that he's really enjoyed that series. So he might do that as well. So we don't know. We we just kind of do what whatever we want.
0: <laughs> cool, man. It sounds like a good fun experimental project you guys have where you actually all have a great chemistry together where you can play around with you know different sound and we can switch up the instruments and the chem and the flow of of how you play is still there
1: yeah it's it's i mean it's definitely um my interest in uh, like electronic type instruments i mean it's always been there but like me really trying to dive into it is is more relatively new within the last few years so um, there's definitely still a lot of like I mean you put a guitar on me and I'm completely in my comfort zone um, you know there, there, there's no problem with that but put me behind a keyboard and all of a sudden it's like I'm, I feel like I'm starting all over again so it's like it's, <laughs> it's got like that uneasiness to it but that's also what kind of kind of makes it fun at the same time is um, you know I tend to have a lot of happy mistakes so it's uh, it works out <laughs>
0: that that sounds about right and with uh and now with two hands one engine this is your solar project and you're playing playing around more with uh soft uh, synthesizers and effects pedals
1: yeah i'm doing um i'm doing a little bit of everything like it it really started off with me um a while back came across like some videos of different people doing tape loops and i don't know why but that just like blew my mind for some reason even though i know it's not really even like a new concept it's just maybe not something that i paid a lot of attention to until more recent and then um and i've had this four track again since i was like a teenager so it's we recorded like my first band's demos on that thing when i was 16 and i've always held on to it And I always felt like I wanted to hold on to it for a reason, but really didn't know why. And I was really, really close to actually just getting rid of the thing and taking it to like a goodwill because I was like, it's just been sitting here, I'm not using it. And then I came across those videos and I was just kind of, I went down the rabbit hole. (laughs) (laughs) I I was just kind of blown away by it. And and, uh, I've always wanted to do um, solo stuff that's a little bit more non-traditional and you know not so much have like beats and just kind of free-flowing so i uh i just saw this opportunity to be like you know what like i just need to get off my ass and i, th- I felt motivated which i don't know why it took me 15 years to get that motivated but it did so
0: no i totally understand man I, I took a hiatus from playing music and writing for 10 years and once i got back into it it was such a wonderful feeling and experience that's like i why was i not doing this Sure. Like I, probably for you, as it does for me, it's like there's just a great pleasure in allowing yourself to just kind of play around with the instruments on your, by yourself and do these solo projects and allow yourself to go into those ambient, those ambient sounds that really can move you.
1: Yeah, it's um, I definitely kind of get lost in it, and it, and it's um, with it being a solo project. I mean, there's a couple different ways I look at it. Like one, it's, it's kind of nice to be able to just have complete personal freedom. Like I don't have someone tell me this thing's dumb, even though I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like that, that's, that's kind of nice. But then on the other side of things, um, I haven't started doing this project live and it's definitely something I would like to do, but I'm so used to playing in a band and with bandmates and and I feel like I don't have, I won't have that to hide behind anymore. So, so it's a little, I see. like, I don't, I'd like, and I've been playing for so long. I don't necessarily get stage fright, but like, I, it's, uh, doing like a solo project almost to me feels like if I was to like go up and try to do like a comedy, like open mic night, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I it doesn't terrify me, but it's just like, it's definitely out of my comfort zone. So, yeah, so it's it, kind
0: of a new New material, sort of thing. Yeah. Now that's with uh, with two H one E. What kind of synths have you been playing around with so far? And I've and I've listened to your albums and I've been really enjoying them.
1: Um, nothing crazy, really. Just really basic stuff, like I, like I mentioned before. The uh, the Korg Volca Keys um, is something I've used a lot. Um, I like it. It's just really simple. <laughs> so. So it's uh, for someone that's the entry level for me, uh, like me, it's, you know, I can get done what I want done with it without too much effort and too much frustration of trying to figure it out. So um, I've been using that a lot. Um, I've got that old Casio, the SK-1 that I've used because, again, I've had that thing. Since a teenager, uh, I know what it does. and know what I need to do to get out of it, and it's it's very simple. But when, when I'm able to throw in like effects pedals and stuff like that, it really kind of, uh, um, you know, it's almost as if I'm not playing a twenty dollar kids toy. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, most definitely, um, yeah. Yeah, and then the other one that I've that I picked up uh, a few years back was um, a Critter and Guitari pocket piano. Um, I've seen the organelles now and they seem pretty amazing so the, the pocket piano is pretty stripped down compared to that but I, I okay. again, it's simple I like it, the, the sounds are pretty good so um, it's definitely fun and nice and portable you can just throw a battery in it and take it anywhere it's got a built-in speaker so it's a pretty cool device
0: <laughs> that's a cute little toy that sounds that sounds really fun
1: oh yeah, they're great
0: that's really cool, man so with um, and so you're in St. Louis, Missouri now.
1: Yeah, I've that's okay. pretty much where I've been all the time.
0: <laughs> okay, so out out there, I haven't had a chance to go out there. I've got some friends who moved out there uh, last year that I need to go visit soon. But I'm curious about if in that in your area are there electronic meetups with people at all?
1: Um, there's, I. I since i'm you know relatively newer to this scene i'm I'm, i've just started trying to like reach out and get to know um you know people and kind of just uh network um with people out here and there are a few things and it seems like it's it's growing from from what i gather from talking to people and they actually um there's this guy that uh, helps bring in a lot of like ambient artists um, and just kind of like lower key electronic artists and they'll do, um, they just started doing like a, a Sunday brunch thing, um, mm. where they'll outside, they'll, you know, have people do like DJ sets and stuff like that. Um, uh, so that's something that's relatively new that started. That's, that's a really great idea that, that, uh, I'm pretty stoked about. Um, they've only had one, I haven't had a chance to go out to it, but I know that they, uh, had a good time and look forward to doing more coming up um and i know that there's a couple you know different groups on facebook and they'll talk about events i think that there's been like a like once a year there's like a kind of like a modular type meetup thing um it's not like a modular on the spot per se but it's um just uh you know a gathering where people can either perform or just show up and kind of look at gear and Chat with people and get ideas. So there are some stuff that go on. I don't know if it's necessarily as much as out in your area, but uh, but um, they have stuff here from time to time.
0: Good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, the Bay Area is definitely has uh, a lot more has more variety. Sure. I wouldn't necessarily say that we have you know a a, a massive amount, but we definitely have outlets, which is really good. And I, and uh, you know I've I've gone I frequently go to a few of them myself, and i will actually. A good friend of mine and I, who uh, I, we know each other technically not through music, but we've become better friends through music, we're actually going to start up a electronic show starting on April 17th at his office here in San Francisco, and it's a it's a more of a curated where we're going to showcase two artists, do a little interview, and have them do a performance, and people are allowed to uh, come in and, and watch the show.
1: Oh, right on. That sounds great.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's gonna be pretty exciting. So, if for any reason, if you and your you and the family ever come uh, come visit San Francisco, let me know, man. I would like to like to have you play sometime.
1: Oh, right on! Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, That'd be great.
0: So, uh, with uh, with your solo project, uh, you've got what two albums up right now?
1: Um, yeah, I've just got uh, two EPs. Uh, both of those were like three songs each, and then like a single that I that I put out that. Uh, I kind of had it ready and was anxious and didn't want to wait <laughs> to, <laughs> to record other stuff to put it with, so I just decided to throw it out there as a whim. Um, so not a lot of stuff right now, but I've, I've got uh, some ideas and um, a couple projects in the works and trying to talk I'm um, to a couple different labels about possibly doing some cassette releases down the line. So um, it's really? all kind of coming together slowly, so hopefully... Hopefully, sometime before the end of the year, I'm hoping.
0: That'd be really cool to see, man.
1: Yeah, it's I. Uh, it, it's funny because when I saw the cassettes were making a comeback, like I definitely had some nostalgia about it. And then, like my first reaction was like, "Wait, what?" I'm like, "Why?" Yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then so like I, I broke out a, a tape recorder, and I've, I've I'm kind of a pack rat when it comes to musical stuff over my years, so I still have like. A bunch of cassettes and stuff from back in the day and so i'd throw something on and listen to it and there there is a a sound that you get from only playing like cassette tape and it's like and i'm a big vinyl vinyl nerd too so i love those formats i mean you just kind of get a you know a different sound feel tone from from those type of formats than you do just listening digitally you know so um it kind of uh Brought me back pretty quick, and I was like, okay, I I kind of get it. Um, I don't have a tape player in my car. I don't, I don't go that far. But...
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, neither do I.
1: Yeah, but I don't mind. <laughs> like every now and then, I'll throw a tape on and listen at the house, and and I enjoy it. So I, I I get the the comeback. I just don't know. Like the vinyl comeback is very prominent. Like it's it's pretty popular. I just don't know if you know cassettes will have that type of uh, longevity, but you know we'll see. People seem to yeah. to like the format, and it's make it is making a comeback.
0: So I like it's. It's I'm enjoying it myself. I I forced myself to finally put my first EP out there about a month ago, and I did and I went the cassette tape route. And oh, it was, cool. It was yeah, it was fun, man. You know I, I had a great time putting it together, and I worked with some really great people getting it getting it, it mastered and getting the cassettes ordered. But overall, it's now a nice box of tape sitting in my house, and I'm not sure what to do with it.
1: <laughs> Promoted, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, got to do that. I'm, uh, I'm a former sort of...
1: promoter, so that that's kind of in my blood, too, of just, like, getting out and spreading the word and, and um, you know, trying to promote things that I'm a passionate about because I, I, I was, like, a concert promoter for, I don't know, 10, 15 years starting off when uh when my first band started playing so but it seems like another lifetime ago though
0: uh, are there any stories you would you would be able to tell me about being a promoter in this in those times
1: oh man um well it was it, it was for a pretty long period of time and it was a long time ago but i i definitely do have a couple of um you know favorites uh i always thought it was kind of funny that um that i booked the white stripes at a 200 seat venue like a punk rock club in st louis and uh, <laughs> this was like probably i don't know like 2001 2002 some somewhere around those lines um i don't even think the their first major label release had come out yet like they just put um I think like their first full length out or maybe an EP or something like it was still pretty fresh and like they were big in like the college markets but like no one knew that they were um like just on like standard like radio type type markets so um I asked like one of my friends at a record store like should I book these guys I don't even know who they are and he's like do it (laughs) and apparently he already knew what was about to happen because I had no clue so I booked it and And it was, you know, a packed house, like 200 people. And, you know, fast forward a couple of years, and they're one of the largest bands in the world. It's kind of crazy. But um, I can't even go to, like, a sporting event without hearing a damn White Stripes song now. So it cracks me
0: up. That's that's, that's a good, fascinating story.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, we over the years, I, I got to promote a lot of different artists and, um, being a lot of people. And it was definitely a fun experience, but it wasn't something that was, uh, um, at the time just, uh, you know, wasn't like a long-term lucrative career for me to get into. I've had some friends that took over doing shows here in the area and they've been very successful and they still do it. And you know, that's great for them. But, um, where I was at, I was just kind of getting burnt out and it was, a lot of uh, politics with because uh, other promoters were popping up and it got to like people where people i had been working with for many years all of a sudden like threatened to go to a different promoter if i didn't give them a certain amount of money for a show and i was like yeah i'm done with this <laughs> wow so i just that's wanted so to focus on uh um you know growing up and playing music at that point so
0: yeah no that's unfortunate that the politics can Make it a bad experience.
1: Oh no, no, it was it was uh, it was a great experience. It was just time for me to get out of it. <laughs> you know, just but, like any any job that someone gets burned out of, it just happened to be that for me with that. So
0: definitely. So I was, I was curious. I just lo- I I did see a couple of videos that you had posted on Instagram, and I was curious about uh, if you were using Earthquaker devices effects okay. pedals. Mhm. And I was curious about which ones you're using, if you're really enjoying them or not. Because I was, I went to Synthplex last weekend, and they had a nice showcase there. And it, they had uh, Lisa Belladonna on a mini Moog, playing with a huge setup of a bunch of them. And you know, one w- to see her play, man, she's got some chops. She's a phenomenal keyboardist. I, I was really impressed just seeing her just uh, demoing things. It was really yeah, fun. I, but then they I, also I, had, uh,
1: yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: well, they also had a couple of. Sorry, uh, they just had a couple of setups where you could also just like play around on, on like a Korg, and just like play around with a couple of the other effects pedals you you could uh, experiment with. And I don't own any personally, but I've already got two or three on my list that I really want.
1: Yeah, they. Um, well, one. Let me just say that I've uh, recently found out about her within the last few years as well, and uh, I've never seen her live, but I would I would love the opportunity to see her in like a setting like that it, it definitely seems like she's super talented um does a lot of different instruments from keyboards to guitar to i'm sure bass and stuff like that so um yeah it's uh unfortunately we don't get like a lot of um uh like demo type scenarios like that happening out here where uh where musicians like that come out to demo out stuff at like you know local um guitar shops and whatnot but um uh, Hopefully one of these days I'll get to check her out live. Um, As far as the Earthquaker devices stuff go, I heard about them, I don't know, it's been a while back because I think they've been around a while now. Um, I think the first thing I picked up from them was a uh, Grand Orbiter phaser, which I don't really use that much. Um, I think when I was looking for a phaser, I was uh, uh, basing most of my shopping on like an old mxr phase 90 that i used to have so um but i wanted to try something new and i and i got it and it's it's got some great sounds but it it was a little bit more subtle than what i actually wanted um i just like the total in your ness of the mxr phase 90s. so i ended up just in the long run just grabbing another one of those but um that was like my first uh earthquake or purchase. Um, and then they've got so much stuff out that, you know, it's a look at their, their catalog. It's, it's kind of overwhelming because like you just want one of everything. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, um, I'm trying to think what I'll, I know I have the transmitter that I use, um, that I've started using a little bit more and I, I definitely plan to use more on, on, uh, the two hands recordings. Um, it's different, I can't say that I've, I've had another pedal anything like it, um, or seen any, anyone else do anything that's close to it. So oh. it's, uh, yeah, I love it. They, they make great products. Um, I really want to get more of their stuff. Like I, I think I've been eyeing like the Avalanche, Avalanche run for a while, it's like a reverb delay pedal. But I've got so many reverb delay pedals that <laughs> it's not like top on my list, but I'm sure I'll get it eventually. And, um, Definitely. Yeah, I don't know. There's a few other things by them that I'm really impressed with that I want to pick up. I just haven't gotten around to it.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. There's um, the the three that stood out to me uh, was the aftermath, it was data corruptor, and rainbow machine, oh, which nice. I still don't really, I still don't understand what rainbow machine is doing, but it's pretty <laughs> fun. It's, it's supposed fun. to be
1: kind of like an over-the-top <laughs> chorus, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, it does it well. That makes sense.
1: I, I feel like it's in the same sense of, like, the Transmissor. Like, the Transmissor is a reverb, but it's, like, so not a standard reverb pedal. It's it's modulated, and it's just, like, it's a beast of its own. And I haven't played a Rainbow Machine, but what I've seen online, it seems like it's that's kind of the same realm as far as being like it's a chorus pedal, but it's so much more than a chorus pedal. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's yeah. It's yeah, man day. I need to get, I need to invest in their company. they they're making some unique quality sounds.
1: Yeah. They, they put out great stuff. They've been doing it a while. So it's uh it definitely shows in their work.
0: I'd love to hear a bit more of, you know, some old stories that, or, that you have from you know promotion days, if you've got something, or or even uh, if you've got some upcoming work you'd like to plug.
1: Well, I mean, as far as two hands goes, um, I've I've got a song that I've been working on um, since August of last year, and part of the the lengthiness of working on it is just uh, me being too lazy to mix a fifteen minute song. <laughs> but like I've also but I've also like I'll throw down like you know a quick mix of it for me to listen to and it's given me a lot of time to to kind of um you know have it settle in with me and, and decide if there was anything I needed to add or or take off and it's funny because I've actually uh the last time I sat down with it I added a few um different tape loops to it and as time has went on, I think I've decided that I like the original recording better, uh, a little bit more stripped down without the addition of, of that thrown on there. So, um, so sometimes, you know, taking my, you know, sweet time with something like that isn't so bad, but, um, I, uh, I plan to have that mixed probably by the end of this month. And that's something that uh, I had been speaking to a label about, uh, throwing that and uh, maybe a couple other um, shorter tracks on to do like a split with someone down the line. So I can't really go into detail with like who and whatnot right now, but um, but that's something that I'm looking forward to uh, finishing with the, the Two Hands project. Um, as far as not Waving But Drowning goes, we actually have a seven inch coming out on Mind Over Matter Records, which has a very vast um, uh, roster Uh, anything from like indie rock to kind of like dance music to uh, metal bands like they got a little bit of everything Uh, Austin just kind of works with whoever he wants to bands that he likes and he's got a pretty pretty broad palette um, when it comes to his musical taste so um, but we got a 7 inch coming out I don't know in the next month or two Um, it was supposed to come out last year but uh, pressing plants are just all backed up with record store day releases and stuff like that, so it just kind of set everything behind. So we got that going on, and um, I'd like to record with Flow Clinic, but right now we're such a live, um, you know, focused band that, um, you know, I don't don't really know if we would, if we do record, if we would purposely try to write stuff. or if we would just go in and jam and then just kind of take uh, snippets from that. So I I don't know. Um, We've talked about it, but I I think right now our focus is just kind of uh, um, writing some more not waving stuff. And then I plan on, you know, obviously writing two hand stuff as much as I can in between everything else. Um, And as far as like old stories from promoting, I don't, I don't know, It's. Uh, I didn't think about it going into this, but I would just say the opportunity to meet so many um, bands and uh, see bands, it's such a um, developmental part of their career. You know, it was uh, definitely a, a great experience. Um, like I booked, uh, before Portugal, the man um, started up uh, those guys had a band called Anatomy of of uh, Ghost, or Anatomy of the Ghost. I, I forget exactly what they were called, but I booked them at, a, like, a punk rock club. Um, I booked Coheed and Cambria, and, and Not Waving actually played with them a couple times. Um, you know, I booked all kinds of bands, like Newfound Glory, and I don't know. I, I could go on and on, but I'm not going to... <laughs> So just I just got to see a lot of really cool artists at a very early stage of their career. Um, I even booked like the uh, bass player from uh, from the doors at one point. Um, at a larger club that i was I was booking. so that was cool. So yeah, just uh, all kinds of all over the place, but it was it was a fun experience. Excellent, man.
0: So, as an artist, most now that you're working a lot now you've got your solo project going on i'm curious about what's your evolution of music as in as a writer like what's influenced you say from 20 years 20 years ago to now with the different projects you've worked on and you know life changes what's really you know what's gone from you know the early times to present for influence.
1: sure um well uh You know early in the you know the early days um i pretty much just worked part-time jobs and worked at record stores and stuff like that and uh still stayed at home with the parents even though i really wasn't home that much um so it's like i had the freedom to you know we toured and and um i think that was a lot of the downfall with not waving is we actually spent too much time touring and not enough time uh being creative and and locking down and writing stuff so we we wrote but i think we just needed to focus on that a little bit more um but now that i've gotten older um you know you know it's harder to find creative time uh married work a full-time job have two kids they're basically another job on their own (laughs) i'm sure but uh you know it's it's something that um, I did take some time off playing when my first son, Elliot, uh, was born um, and then after Miles was I, was... I started to get kind of back into it a little bit when Elliot was older and then we decided if we were going to have another kid we needed to go ahead and, and do it before we just got too old. And so we ended up having uh, Miles when Elliot was five. So when that happened, I kind of like fell back and and, uh, wasn't getting, uh, wasn't finding a lot of time to be creative and stuff like that. So I I kind of backed off again at at that point. But now that uh, Miles is is older, um, I just started really craving um, being musically creative again. So as much as it's uh, not as easy to find time to do it, um, when I do, Um, I would say like just everyday life in general is what kind of like, uh, drives me and and makes me creative. Uh, My son, Miles, um, got diagnosed with autism when he was two. So that's, that's, um, that's been a struggle, but he's a great kid and, and we honestly couldn't imagine him any other way. So, um, but I think just. You know, the stress of life, uh, music is o- has always been like a great outlet for me to just kind of get lost in. And, um, you know, if there is stress at the time, kind of relieve that in, you know, some form or fashion. But um, yeah, I don't know, I'm a, even though I'm doing ambient stuff, I don't really have anything really prolific <laughs> to say, like <laughs> some of these artists, I'm just a dude that has two kids. I'm married. I work a full-time <laughs> job, but I love music and I try to find time to make it happen. So I'm, I'm nothing special. That's uh, pretty much what it comes down to. That's
0: very humble of you, but, uh, oh, thank you. I, 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 <laughs> I still, I still enjoy your music,
1: man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I thank you. Oh. I, you know, thanks for checking it out for sure. It's, um, like I said earlier, it's, um, new waters for me. So, um, I really enjoyed doing it, but it, it, you know, it almost feels to a certain extent like I'm starting all over again. So, uh, there's that, uh, kind of uneasy excitement from that. So it's, it's got its perks, I guess.
0: (laughs) Very good, man. Well, we've got about, we've done about 40 minutes. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. So thanks again, uh, Justin for doing this interview. It was really fun.
1: Sure. No problem at all. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Man.